Welcome to Morning Commute. I'm Brad Doles. And I am Sam Albert. You know, Brad and I have been friends for many years. Uh, that's true. Probably, I don't know, five or more. And we've built this friendship on making conversations that we talk about basically anything we can think about. It's like no topic is off the table. And so we wanted to open that up and share that kind of talk with other people. Yeah. So we devised this podcast. It's a 20 to 30 minute podcast in which we just kind of freeform talk about the things that we talk about all the time. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Morning Commute. Hi, we're back. Hello. Um, all right. Do you do you have another topic you want to talk about, Sam? I think it should be your turn since I picked the last time. What are you, what's on your mind? Well, this had come up before and I took a note about it. Mm -hmm. And this is a very Sam-centric story, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. Please. Let's talk about the Carl Fuller story. <laughs> okay. All right, do you want to lay the groundwork or do you want me to tell it? I do an awful lot of talking in this podcast. Why don't you lay the groundwork? All right. One day, Brad and I were walking uh, towards Costco and I think it was you who noticed a wallet on the ground, correct? Mm -hmm. And he picked it up and he, he looked through it and he saw that the gentleman, the wallet belonged to a gentleman named Carl Fuller. And uh, his address was on his driver's license and it wasn't that far from where we were. So we made the decision to walk over to Carl's house and deliver the wallet. Does this sound accurate thus far? Sounds accurate so far. All right, here's where things went off the rails. So as we're walking to Carl Fuller's house, I'm already um, spinning this narrative where the poor man has been frantic about his wallet. He's on a fixed, I think he was over 65 maybe on his driver's license. And so I had played it out that he's on a fixed income and like his food stamps were in there and his last 20 bucks and he's just gonna be so grateful and maybe he'll invite us in and make tea and we'll have tea and cookies and he'll talk to us about his time in the Vietnam War. Like I had this whole thing spinning and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And as we got to his house, it got even bigger because if I, if I'm remembering correctly, there was like an American flag and a wheelchair outside, outside his house. Is that correct? Those images are in my head, whether or not they were inside or outside, it's hard for me to remember, but I think you're right. I think they were on the outside of the house. So then I was like, well, clearly he was injured in Vietnam, shrapnel in his spinal cord and the man has been a quadriplegic since the early 70s and he's gonna be you i also think we probably i think we knew he was a veteran because i think he had some sort of thing in his wallet okay that must be it okay because that for some reason in my head that played such a big thing that he was a vet so we get to the house and we knock on the door and i'm like here we go let's bask in the glory of our good deed you want to take it from here no i want you to finish it the door opens and was it a caregiver or do you think it was carl's wife i remember it being his wife, but I don't have a real close image of what she looked like. Me neither. So let's just say his spouse and and or caregiver opens the door and Brad says, didn't you say like, I think you need this or I think this is yours or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And he, he kind of holds out the wallet and there's this awkward kind of like, huh? It's almost like she didn't get it at first. And then she put it together and, and, and realized we had her husband's wallet and she's like, oh, thanks. And then shut the door, right? Yeah. I think I actually, because what made it even her response a little weirder is I think I actually said something like I found this wallet that, um, that like belongs to Carl Fuller. I made it clear what it was. Yes. 
before she closed the door, she had ample opportunity to say, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But it was as if nobody had, they hadn't realized that the wallet was gone and they were absolutely, totally underwhelmed that these two good Samaritans walked over and returned it in person. Mm -hmm. She could have cared less. And Carl, I don't even think, did we even see Carl? I don't think so. I think we saw what I assumed was their daughter in the background which was okay. someone like maybe our age. Okay. And so once we shut the door, I was devastated. Devastated and disgusted by the lack of humanity. And uh, and this has been a source of contention between Brad and me for I years. I don't think contention is the right way to say it, would you? No, I guess we just have uh, differing, differing feelings about it. He didn't expect anything from them. Whereas I expected, <clears throat> and this is a, a self-admitted problem that I have. I expected them to respond the way that I would have responded if two people had found my wallet and walked over to my house to give it to me. Um, and that's not fair to expect people to behave as, as I behave. Um, but it made me so sad. Like here was an opportunity for, I don't know, some kind of communion between people and a celebration of goodness. And instead we were greeted with an expression of complete underwhelmedness. And she really wound herself up as we were going there. Like, oh, I yeah, yeah. She had me going to dinner with them. Um, oh, yeah. Promise we won't stay there more than 45 minutes. <laughs> They're going to tell us all about how they met and got married and where they had their honeymoon and how hard it has been as a as a disabled veteran. And he saw some things in Nam that made it hard to believe in people, but we delivered this wallet and therefore he believes in humanity again. And of course, none of that happened. And I was so disappointed. So Carl Fuller comes up a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how this to... Uh, spin the rest of this so that we we can fill out an episode with it. I guess my basic piece of advice all the time is you can't do good things expecting reward. You have to just do good things because you think they're good. And if a good thing comes out of it, that's pretty great. But otherwise, you just have to do it because you think it's the right thing to do. And for some reason, and there's nothing intellectual about this, it's all just emotion. It is so hard for me to let go of expectation. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm a natural expectation generator. And in any situation, I have this idea in my head. And maybe some of it is just because um, I have an overactive imagination. So I like to sort of spin tails on the best of days. But when it comes to situations like that, I have a whole and it's ridiculous. And I can even tell myself like, don't expect anything. And I'm not saying I expected I just want to be clear. It had nothing to do with a monetary reward. Do you know what I mean? Right. I didn't want them to hand me 20 bucks or here's a necklace. It really had to do with like gratitude and celebrating the goodness of humanity together and feeling like, wow, we all bonded over this thing and aren't people great? And, um, and it, of course, it never plays out like that. And even though I know that I'm going to do it in any situation where I'm doing something kind or unsolicited kindness, I, I can't help it. I have an expectation of, of what the response is going to be. And it never plays out the way that I want. Yeah. And I would say that yours is particularly bad because you would have been asking too much out of her if you had said, I, I wanted to say thank you. Oh, exactly. And that is not what you expected out of her. You just short of a parade is what you want. Oh yeah. I wanted in inside confetti. I really uh -huh. did. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it was such a lesson that I have yet to really 
learn because she really was less than thrilled. I mean, really. It she was, was almost, I, I don't know how to justify this. She was almost disgusted that we were bringing her the wallet. Yeah. I, I don't know so why. Like she was just like, oh, uh, thanks. I don't, I don't think she said thanks. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then closed I mean, the door. It almost makes me wonder if, if it was a plot. Did, did they lose his wallet on purpose so that they could collect insurance money? Like why is she so unhappy that we what returned? What if we learned about spinning narratives? <laughs> Brad, Brad, do you think we should turn him into the police? <laughs> Call the FBI. Um, conversely, I had a similar experience that happened to me. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I was shopping. This was in the early days of the stay-at-home order. And I had my wallet in my pocket, in my jacket pocket. And I didn't know this, but it fell out in the parking lot of the grocery store. And I didn't realize that I had lost my wallet until I went to go like pick up some takeout and I didn't have any cash. I did, couldn't find my wallet. Then I get a call from a bank, from my bank, saying, we have your wallet. Somebody found it in the parking lot and then drove from the park, saw my bank card, drove from the the Safeway to Wells Fargo, which wasn't miles and miles away, but it wasn't like right around the corner. It was a drive and turned my wallet in. And I was so damn grateful. And I asked the woman who received the wallet, I was like, please, do you know who did this? I want to thank this person. I want to, you know, and she said, I'm so sorry. It happened so fast. I didn't get a chance to get his or her name. Um, and so I always think about that person. And, and I hope that person doesn't think I'm Carl Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, the level to which you anticipate, I wouldn't say expect, because I don't think that's quite yeah. right, but I, the, I the level to which you anticipate gratefulness from people is supernaturally higher than other people. I and completely I, I think agree. that I, people might be, I don't think anybody who dropped off a bank card or a wallet at a bank would expect any reciprocation whatsoever. And if they did, it's just like, oh, I hope this person is great. But I don't think anybody is judging you <laughs> in the background for not being grateful enough. I just so desperately wanted to, to that person to know that I deeply appreciated that. I mean, the relief was like palpable when you realize, okay, I don't have to get a new driver's license. I don't have to stop my credit cards. I don't have, I mean, it was just such a relief. And I so wanted to express that to that person. If you picked up a bank card on the side of the road and you took it to a bank to give to someone to give to someone else, how much gratitude would you expect out of the bank teller? Probably none, believe it or not. Yeah, Probably that's how like much you would get because I've experienced it. Oh, really? I have, to, I have to admit that I was a little like, I expected false thank you. You know, I would take that. Like I'm running yeah. a business. I'm going to put on the face of, oh, thank you very much. And I turned in a bank card that I found the other day. Well, the other day, uh, it was in a pro pre coronavirus world. So we know it was at least a couple months ago. <laughs> Um, but I, I, it was probably six months ago now, but I found one on the side of the road. Um, and I did just happen to be close to the bank again. I don't know if they dropped it out of their pocket when they were at the ATM or something. And I dropped and I walked in and said, Hey, I, I found this on the side of the road. Um, and they're like, Oh, thank you. I mean, you could pretend like I get more gratitude out at the Wendy's than I do. <laughs> yeah. When you like, get, when you give them your cash to pay for your hamburger. Yeah. Giving you this thing that I didn't have to do. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I think, what, what were you going to say? No, I wasn't. I was just 
suggesting? Oh, ah. I definitely, I mean, we've talked about this before. Me personally, I tend to feel everything on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. I remember having a discussion with my boyfriend even where we were talking about love and what it feels like. And, and he was like, listen, I'm never going to feel things the way that you feel things because you feel things much larger than the average human being. And, um, and I think he's 100% right. And I think my downfall is expecting everyone to feel feel things to the level that I do. I think you know honestly I mean? that that is a thing that we we all do instinctively and it would be better if all of us could figure out that that isn't. Yeah. I think there's almost a level of we expect everybody to think exactly the way we do. So the simulation we we run out in our head is what would I do if I was in the exact same situation? Mhm. Mm Exactly. And and that's never accurate because they aren't us. They maybe Carl Fuller's wife, they were just having an argument about how irresponsible he was with his money mm -hmm. and and all of this stuff. And he hadn't even admitted to her that he lost the wallet. So we come up and we knock on the door and we hand it to her. And all of this disgust that she has towards him is right. laid on us. Hey, I kind of like it when you're the one spinning the narrative. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the point is, is that we're all walking around in a wall of ignorance. We don't know what happened to her prior to that. And I want to make it clear that I feel that it's very likely that nothing and she was just a bad person. That happens too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but there's this wall of ignorance that we walk around with yeah. where where she's not us, so she doesn't have the same programming that we have. She we we don't have the same, um, she doesn't get, we don't get to see what her day was like. She doesn't get to see what our day was like, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. For, we could be walking, and she might have even thought this, because I don't think we put any, any effort into it. We could have been walking right outside her front door, picked it yeah. up, knocked on the door, and handed it to her. She didn't know any effort that we put into it. Right. But that's a general thing in everyday life, is we can't, and I say this, like all of these things always come out of my mouth real preachy, and it's, it's worth saying, I'm really bad at this like i that you can't expect everybody to be to be you yeah and you know what's frustrating is that i understand that intellectually and there have even been times when i'm walking into a situation where i'm saying don't expect but on some level i do anyway because when it doesn't play out the way i had hoped i'm disappointed yeah i, mean, I think so that there's another thing that drives that that's going to come up so often that it's going to turn into hat like people are going to like brad this is your explanation for everything but this is one of those ones that i think this is true it, there are two schools in this thought okay one of them is you're just what you already said you're just wired differently anyway and and um and you feel everything a lot bigger than people do mm -hmm. um and you have this kind of mad pride you refuse to take medication for it <laughs> Oh no, I'm medicated. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the toned down version we get to this see. The medicated version of me. Come on. But you're wired that way differently anyway. Yeah. Also, you have a father that abandoned you early in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, abandoned your family. I shouldn't say you, but that's the way you experience it. Of course. Like, yeah, you took it as a statement about your personal worth instead of a statement of how bad he was as a human being. And he did not help that in the fact that as you were growing up, he had very little impact on your life and made it very clear that his his well-being was a lot more important than anyone around. Yeah, very true. Um, and I think that, that that has driven 
a thirst for acceptance from everybody else. Like you expect a level of acceptance from everybody that you didn't get from your dad. I think that that is true to a certain extent. I would argue that since his passing, at least for me, it doesn't feel as monumental as it has in the past. That's good. Like his passing has given me a lot of clarity about his limitations and what what parts of our relationship were failures because of his limitations right. and not because there was anything wrong with me. And that has been tremendously healing. And I do see ripple effects in terms of not needing the whole world to like me. Well, that's an um, interesting, interesting angle. Do you think Carl Furler, if I remember correctly, was in a pre-dad's death society? Yes. And yeah. a pre a lot of conversations from us, a lot of conversations have been driven by the Carl Furler story. How do you think yeah. you would deal with the same situation today? Do you think that you handle it identically or are, well, not specifically from our conversations, but do you think that the things yeah. that you handle from your dad's death changes the way you handle the Carl Fuller story? Slightly. I think I think that it's just built into me to have expectations, mm -hmm. as we talked about, you know. Um, but I think the difference is pre-dad's death, I think the Carl Fuller thing was disappointing, you know, that I felt like, oh gosh, but post, I'm more like, what the f dude, show a little <laughs> Show a little gratitude, damn it. Yeah. Because it's almost like pissed off at, again, not expecting. Pre-dad's death, they were judging you. Post-dad's death, you're judging them. I'm judging them. <laughs> yeah. If someone brings you your wallet, the least you can say is like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's well, it. If it helps, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, you so, no, I, as when I come up with things like you shouldn't expect anything from other people, that isn't out of a misplaced you should just do good for good's sake. I do believe that, but the reason I say you shouldn't expect anything is just for self-preservation. Yeah. You shouldn't let the fact that people aren't going to act the way you want them to, to keep you from doing good things. And the right. fact of the matter is, yeah, face masks are any indication. People aren't always going to act the way that they should. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this, I do think that part of the um, kind of healing, if you want to call it that, that came out of my father's passing was a shift from hurt to anger. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm in the angry phase right now where I'm looking at the people who aren't wearing masks and thinking, you idiots, you have no care for your fellow human beings. Or like Carl Fuller, come on, dude, your wife should show a little gratitude, yeah. you know, of wanting a, a bare modicum of, of polite behavior. Yeah. And, and we so, put all this weight on Carl Fuller. We've never even met the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've thought about naming, remember we were talking because I, I desperately want a dog and Brad and I were talking and I was like, I think I'm going to name my dog Carl Fuller just to remind me to not expect anything when you do good deeds. <laughs> yeah. And to not expect anything of the dog. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. I pick up your poop every day. And you won't even lick me. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's very interesting. And, but it had, I mean, I still go into every situation expecting a certain outcome. Um, but I do think that since my dad's death, it is less a reflection of me and more a reflection of how shitty other people can be. I know yeah. myself to be a good person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, again, I think some people would disagree with this, but from my perspective of the way you live life, that's healthier. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I agree with that as well. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of stop taking everything so personally and putting responsibility on other people is a very, for me, progress. That's a healthier way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny because I see my disgust at people not wearing masks as a failure on my part, not because I don't think that they should be doing that, but because who cares, you know? I guess I guess the reason I think I do care is it's showing me who I can't trust with people that I have no choice but interact with. Yeah. You know, I would feel a lot more confident if I went into the situation and and everybody's wearing masks and I can go, okay, we're all on the same page. Yeah. And I this guess isn't the mask story. This is the Carl Froler story. We already had the mask story. No. I guess we didn't. I think that's one that's coming up. I think it's an episode in the future. We oh, said, okay. We talked about the mask, but we didn't really. I wanted to kind of mull over that. Really so, talk about Yeah. Maybe that's the uh, the next episode. We're at 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Are you satisfied with uh, the color? Carl Fuller story? Frankly, now that Carl Fuller has a way to get in touch with us, I don't know if I'll be satisfied until we get a handwritten thank you note uh-huh. and maybe a witness. <laughs> right, because of the international <laughs> expanse of this podcast? Yes, and I also expect a, a Whitman sampler. Thank you, Carl. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, because this is more your story than mine, do you think that I was fair in the way that I um, perceived it? Uh, you mean that we shouldn't expect any... Anything in the way the story was told or the way that I... That I, I I mean, you already knew some of this is just rehashing stories we've already told. Right, uh, right. No, I think I, it was pretty accurate. I mean, what? No, that's all. I just, being the editor of this podcast, I'm uncomfortable about how much I talk. I'd say I do two thirds of the talking and you do about a third of the talking. <laughs> so I guess the only- I just want you to feel like it's fair. Oh yeah, no, I definitely feel like it's fair. I think the only thing I would say is that I think sometimes you lean heavily on choices I make being born out of a dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And it's, and sometimes, it legitimately is but sometimes it isn't about old wounds and it's just about sort of the large way that I feel things or the way that I want the world to be versus the way that it is so it isn't always I think that's very fair too I think sometimes I can I can feel that instinct that it is that it's about something bigger and like you said I think sometimes I'm right and I think probably half the time at least I'm wrong I think the Carl Fuller story would be different had it happened now versus before my dad died. But I still think that hunger for or that expectation for people to be effusive is not necessarily coming from uh, something that needs to be filled up as much as it's coming from. I'm so effusive that I expect other people to be that effusive with their gratitude. And um, when they're not, I unfairly get ticked off. You know, one thing, and this is going to be very mutual admiration society. Mm. You know, one thing that I really like, and it's one of the reasons that this podcast, I think, happens. I look back at those two people. I look back at the people that we were when we first met. And I think we're nothing like those people. And a lot of it is, I think we've done a lot of growing by helping each other, by just having these conversations and figuring out what we think is right and wrong and and putting down, um, what am I trying to say? Putting down expectations for ourselves and and figuring out what the ways that we're broken. And I feel like both of us have done a lot of growing in the blankety blank years that we've known each other. Yeah. And I've said this before. I mean, 
honestly, and this is mutual admiration, but I don't think that I've had any relationship that has encouraged me to grow the way that ours have. And what I like about it and what I wish everybody could have this is like, you know, all the parts of me, basically. I mean, you basically know everything about me and you certainly accept the unsavory parts of me, but that doesn't stop you from pushing me to work through them and break through to more personal freedom. And I like that, that there's an acceptance of who I am, but an encouragement to continue to grow. And I feel like that, that's a healthy, that's a healthy thing. Yeah. And I said, and I think this, this goes both ways. I mean, I do a lot of preaching on this podcast, but I do want to make it very clear that I value our friendship so much because I've changed so much during the time. And I think it wouldn't have happened had I not known you. That's how um, I feel too. That's, yeah. I, I've been a great influence on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad we both, we're both clear on that. No, but that is true. And I, and I, and part of the reason some of this is selfish and some of it isn't one of the selfish part of it is, is I'm very conscious of how much I talk on these because I'm the one that's editing and I'm conscious of how preachy I can get. Um, but the unselfish thing is I just want you and I want the world to know how much I value you because it's a two way street. And I feel like I've grown a lot just from talking to you. Thank you. And I feel the same way. And for anybody out there, if you listen to these podcasts and you think, um, if at any point you think, wow, Brad's hard on Sam or wow, he calls her out. Like that's part of what I value in the relationship yeah. is that we can have these discussions. And then when I feel like you're wrong, I can say, Hey, I think you're wrong. This is where it's really coming from. And you're like, okay, I can accept that. Um, that there's a real, I don't know, there's a real authenticity to the friendship that I didn't have before I met you. And I just, for everyone listening, I hope you have a friendship like this in your life because it's invaluable. All right. Well, I'm right. very conscious also of the time. Hopefully this as it's down to a lot less because it's 31 minutes right now. Whoa! So I'm not even going to give you an opportunity to say, do you want to say more if you want to say more you can say it in the next episode <laughs> sounds fair bye everyone bye do you have feedback for the show write us at morningcommutesambrad at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash morningcommutesambrad